Today we talk about expectations. You know, that thought, that idea you had of what will happen once you're going to cross that finish line, once you get that finish time, that medal, the t-shirt. Hey, all the thoughts that made you start in the first place. Expectations. Welcome to Hypno Running, the show where we do more than just talk about running. We help you find solutions to develop your full potential, making you a better, faster, and smarter runner. And here is your host, Heiko. <laughs> yes, Heiko is my name, H-E-I-K-O. Thank you very much for joining me today. And of course, you have some expectations. I do. I mean, we all do. Every single day. Expectations of how's this day going to work out? Expectation of what's going to happen at work, at home, what's going to happen on my run. Even expectations of the show. <laughs> well, I don't know about the rest of your day, but I do know that the techniques, these 15, 20 minutes where I, that I talk about on the show, it's going to help you develop a stronger mindset. An attitude that's going to get you through those times that are tough, those times when it's not easy, when it seems like giving up is an option, when it seems like the expectations you had, oh, they were set too high and, oh, you've been hurt before. When you're thinking, you know, this is the time, this is the season, this is the springtime, you should be out there really giving it your all during training. You've got certain goals, but suddenly you find training is the last thing on your mind. You know, those days where running is like the last thing you ever want to do, or those days where you perhaps you're still recovering from a setback, perhaps injury, hey, get well soon, or perhaps that DNF you had, it started to lead to negative feelings. I see this a lot in athletes. It happens that DNF is a long time back, but the feelings are still there of failure, of disappointment, of even resentment, frustration, and, and sometimes even sadness. And these are types of negative feelings. Maybe I didn't hit the right word with you now, but they are negative, And that should be avoided because at the end of the day, it's the attitude that matters and defines you as a runner. So to be unwavering, to be really dedicated to your running, to be resolute, that, that's, that's tenacity, isn't it? And you see these, these thought patterns, they're all connected, very much so. They, they affect each other. And of course, all this is going on inside our brain. So it affects the way we approach our running. A, a expectation is a, is a prediction. It's, it's a statement of preference about something in the future. So you basically, you know, only humans can do this. My dog can't anticipate in the future whether there's going to be some food in his bowl or not. <laughs> and this attitude is our current feelings about a thing, about a goal. And the, the current state determines where you're going to end up. The thoughts we are thinking right now, the words we're using, the things we're actually doing determine where we're going to end up. And just put this, reflect this to your running. The thoughts you have about your running, the words you use when you talk to someone about your running, and, and, the, and the running that you actually do, all that summed up is going to, lead you is going to determine to where you're going to be so these expectations are what we think will happen while reality is actually what transpires and we, we of course hope every day that the two are going to match up so if you're training for that marathon and you want that 330 time and you're training for it you hope that after those 12 weeks of training you cross that finish line and it says 330 <laughs> but ever so often they don't and the the 
the gap or the disparity of expectations versus reality can often lead to those feelings, you know, that, that discontentment, that unhappiness. And you have seen an unhappy runner. You've seen a runner who is discontent with his or her running. Now, to some of you, you might be obsessed with a certain time. You, you have to, you know, just in order to avoid disappointment, perhaps, so you don't feel like a fraud. Usually what happens is that, that either that specific runtime is met, but the, the fall that comes thereafter is, is, ah, it's really steep. You know, it means that the running thereafter it isn't the same anymore. Enthusiasm and the motivation are usually then at, at, an all-time, at an all-time low. And this is where it becomes so easy to suddenly say, I used to be a runner. Ouch. Those are words I never want to use. I used to be a runner. <laughs> so rather than the actual fun pastime that hobby you know that that's help that helps us to grow running helps you to grow it helps you to lead a balanced life this this attitude it's suddenly gone and it seems each run is like a struggle like the, the mere thought of a hill workout <laughs> is enough to make you find excuses not to go that that self-fulfilling man with a hammer suddenly really is there so decision seems easy you know take a chill pull Relax, ease up, just stick to running for now without a, a certain goal in mind. But don't let disappointment for not measuring up lead to you becoming a used-to-be runner. Rather, manage the expectations in a, in a different manner. It's going to be easier than you think. You know, there, there are millions of runners out there. So you're definitely not alone. You know, everything that you're going through, others have experienced as well. And they've found ways to, to get out of it. <laughs> to continue. So just to put it into perspective, uh, the marathon, 26.2 miles, 42.2 kilometers. Apparently in the US, there's 30 million regular runners. And there are over 1,100 marathons held each year. 90% of the runners, they sustain an injury during training. 90% of marathon runners. And each year, 80% of runners sustain an injury that forces them to stop running. So there's this, and of course, uh, the, what is the big focus on? The focus is not on mindset. The focus is not on attitude, on how to shape expectations. No, the focus is on that $4 billion um, dollar shoe industry. And that's not going to really help you get the right attitude, is it? I mean, you know, you should be focusing on your brain, what you're putting inside, your expectations and your running. <laughs> now, what I want to say is that there are many people that have gone through this and, and some of them end up where they want to be with some of them. And you know those runners. It seems like they set out on a goal and they reach it. It's like, bam, you know. Usually we talk about him or her. And when we expect, let's say our morning coffee or, or the way our spouse behaves towards us, you know, we hold a strong belief that something is going to happen or should have happened. And, and in running, we expect a lot of ourselves. It's, it's up to us. You know, I haven't met a runner that didn't have a high level of expectations. Lacking a goal, yes, often, or not having a clear process, how to get there, yes, so that happens. But expectations, always there. So what also happens is that the expectations starts to wear some athletes down. That as time to reach the goal becomes less and the miles needed, they are, they're dwindling, not dwindling as fast as they should be. You know, the thought becomes a burden, especially with this COVID thing the last one and a half, two years. And suddenly this burden, and here's the important sign, it usually shows itself in a simple matter. You, you know how? You, you know how you find out that it's a burden? If you've been listening to the show, you know how. 
You find it by listening to the way you talk to yourself. How do you talk to yourself? What does the language of expectation sound like? Um, how does it feel when, when they start to weigh you down? So understanding this language that you use to create expectations for yourself, that's really going to really spot exactly when it happens. The expectation language, it, it uses a lot of should, should not, have not. You know, I, I should have been running quicker last year. Um, I, I need to be as fast as the, as the uh, uh, run leader, as you know, the pack leader. Um, I, I should skip this rest day. I have to train better. When you speak to yourself in this way, you're going to set yourself up against something you've created in your mind. And you attach a lot of worth to this expected outcome, obviously. Now, what happens if the expectations, if they weigh us down? You need to do a run, perhaps the same big session as, a, as last week or, or one your friend has just completed. And you come back from the run and, of course, you immediately check out the numbers, the miles covered, the speed it was done at. Now, did you run better time than last week, the same time? And if not, what does that mean? You know, am I going backwards as an athlete? <gasps> am I not getting fitter as a runner? What's the point? You know, or why was that, that five mile seconds slower than last week? Or perhaps I didn't even hit the 14 miles hammer failure last week. I did 15. <laughs> this way of thinking it even makes me miserable talking about it, giving these examples. It'll make you miserable about your running. It can fill you with really dread for the next run. And the worst case, it'll paralyze you with fear about going out for that run. So you're afraid you're not going to hit those targets you've set yourself. And then you don't. Surprise, surprise. So if we hold an expectation for ourselves, we create a tension between who we are currently as a runner and, and who we think we should be. And it should be a healthy tension. Uh, it's an inherent conflict right there. It becomes then hard to accept who you are and, and where you are with your running. If, if you can learn to be comfortable with who you are in relation to your running, that will flow to other areas of your life. And you're going to gain a more genuine sense of, of really who you are. <laughs> so expectations can be good. Don't be a no expectation runner. Uh-uh, no ways. Expectations is going to help you drive you towards your training forward. You know, it's going to be a force for good. If you want to get quicker, obviously, you have to train certain uh, drills. They, they, are short, they are on a shortcut. So the expectations you place on yourself, they're great. As long as they don't become a burden. So finding that sweet spot, that's not easy but it's possible that healthy tension and running through expectations, this you need to work out between you and yourself. <laughs> the process of writing down how you are feeling, talking about it either to a friend or a coach, it's going to give you some space to hear and think what you're actually saying. Don't underestimate it. Don't try and be a hero. I'm the lone runner hero. I can manage. <laughs> if you let words and thoughts just roll around in your head, they're going to get louder and louder and they're going to drown out everything else, even that which would make sense and which would help you. So the opportunity to examine the validity of these thoughts, that's of paramount importance. <laughs> and often you're going to see that you've been tough and, and unrealistic on yourself. Now, if you do not, if you do tend to have high expectations of yourself. You don't need to, you know, toil away on your own. Uh, you need to engage with a, with a coach and he's going to help you 
working on this. Because if you keep on doing the same sessions every week, then the temptation to compare them is always there. Naturally, you're going to scratch that edge, aren't you? The session should be creative and different enough that you don't get too many opportunities to do that. No, I don't. I don't sell training plans, so don't think, don't expect now I'm not going to tell you, well, so contact me right now, 0800, run better, and I'll give you a training. No, I, I, don't, I don't do training plans. That's, I'm, I'm asking you to, if you can relate to this, what I'm saying, you should find a coach who's going to help you, who's going to bring some spice, who's going to bring a new mix into your training. See, it's going to help you see the, the bigger picture of your training. And that one training session, it doesn't define you as a runner. Endurance is built over time, over weeks, over months of consistent work and not just one run. So the variations are typical in performance from day to day. Obviously, each session is different. You know this. We're never the same runner going into each session. So it's going to be unfair to have the same expectations from what is a different situation. And we are, look... Unfortunately, with social media, the straw and do this posting a picture of oneself just did a 10K, not feeling well, happy to have done it in under 50, <laughs> smiling emoji, smiling emoji. You know, what's, what's going to happen? We, we are more than these numbers and them portraying ourselves to the outside. The expectations, they can start to limit us, stop us achieving from what we actually want. So I want you to stop defining yourself by outcomes and instead see the value that is that you're showing up for yourself with your training, that you're actually heading out every day or every second day. We are, in the last couple of shows, I spoke about the Pygmalion effect, the psychological phenomenon. If you haven't listened to the show, you need to listen to that one. And it, it describes how the expectations modify behavior. It, it provides evidence for that self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, which is based on the idea that others' belief about us become true because their belief impacts how we behave. And what we want to do in our running is use the Pygmalion effect specifically for situations where you let yourself create positive opinions on performance. And that's going to lead to better performance actually occurring. That, that You should listen to the show that Pygmalion effect occurs because, you know, the expectations from others, it, it impacts our behavior. So if someone believes we're likely to succeed, that person is going to treat us differently to help us achieve those goals. So in turn, when someone expects us to succeed, we try our best to, to meet those expectations. Clear? Yeah? So basically it's performance expectations equals results plus actions and behavior. There you go. Actions and behavior, not just results, actions and behavior. And honestly, now, what happens if you've had too high expectations? The psychological issue connected to high expectations, um, they often come or they're connected to other issues. Um, they included to perhaps, I'm saying perhaps, I don't know you, <laughs> perfectionism or maybe failing at what you expect confirms your low beliefs of yourself or low self-esteem or the negative core belief that you might be having that's a that's a biggie um, or the fear of failure and w which will eventually lead you to setting yourself up to fail unconsciously proving your fear valid so <clears throat> hey for a runner you know this uh, life inevitably throws us a, a curveball <laughs> So trying to force an unrealistic outcome from everything leads to being disappointed. And 
if you think you can actually control everything, every every curveball that's thrown at you, you know, this is going to lead to a mood-killing downward spiral of self-criticism and, and judgment that can result in you becoming one of those unhappy gloom and doom runners. <laughs> Another valid question I quickly want to move into is what happens if you don't succeed? See, the event, that run event where you perhaps don't succeed, is just a small blip in your career or life, one unimportant moment in time. That's all it is. I don't care how long the run was or how many days you were training for it or you were running for that matter. Don't give the event too much importance. Let it go as fast as possible. Get back to work. Learn from the experience and don't even come with anything of shame. There's, there's no shame about a DNF. Basically, to remember, it's, uh, to remember how to recover if you don't succeed, just think of AA. No, not the Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, no, also not the Automobile Association. Basically, AA stands for Acknowledge and Adjust. So acknowledge. Notice the difference between the scenario in your mind and the scenario in front of you. Acknowledge you had an expectation. Acknowledge it didn't work out. Then move straight over to Adjust. Adjust is basically action. So healthy expectation management. That's what you're doing. Wow. Hey, acknowledge and adjust. That's going to help you get into action and to move along. There you go. So part of healthy coping with disappointment is reminding yourself that disappointment is like a wave. Ride it until it passes. There's another fantastic verse which I want to add here. It's from Proverbs 4. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Wow, there you have it. Crossing that finish line, looking up. Hey, thanks for joining me on the show. If you enjoyed the show, please do share it with someone who you think should be listening to this. You never know, you might be helping someone who really needs a dose of advice to get back on the running track again. God bless you, and remember, take it easy.